listening to the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're both licensed marriage and family therapists. And today, like every day, (laughs) we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. I found out from one of our mutual friends, you've been um, lying to me. Oh, shit. They told you? Yeah, they told me. What did they say? Oh, they told me that you hate when I'm wearing green, even though just earlier today, you were complimenting how well green goes with my eyes. You (laughs) baby. I can't believe it. You liar. Yeah, yeah, cat's out of the bag. I lied to you. I lied right to your face. Yeah. Although, actually, I realize this is going to be an interesting starting point for a very deep conversation, a long one. So um, we're going to have to divide this up into two episodes. So those who have actually checked the title of, oh, yeah, I forgot to say, episode 101. Yes. Boing. Episode 101, um, this is going to be part one of lying in a relationship and what lies are and what happens and kind of how to deal with, how to address lying um, when it comes up in relationships. Yes. And for those um, just who were concerned about me and Talia, we're okay. that, was, that, was, that was just a joke, everybody. It's a joke, it's satire, so just tune Talia. in for the episode. I am generally not a liar, I would say. Talia tells me to my face all the time I look like shit, so it's fine. <laughs> Daily, honestly. I just sent him a text and I'm like, you look like shit today. No. I'm like, hey, man, maybe you should shower. I don't know. <laughs> Smell you from here. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a good episode. We, uh, we talked about it last time, uh, mm-hmm. floating ideas out there because somebody had given us a listener question. Well, more of a listener comment that this mm-hmm. person was like, I caught him in a lie. And I'm like, no, you didn't. That's yeah. not what a lie is. So. <laughs> We are going to unpack a bit uh, the difference between a lot of the difference actually between lying, mm-hmm. intentionally being deceptive, and saying something that's categorically untrue, and withholding information or not mm-hmm. giving the full truth or only answering specific questions that are asked. Those are yeah. two different concepts in relationships. And I know some people are listening, like, that's the same thing. You're entitled to believe whatever you want, but there is a difference between intentionally lying and then withholding information or not giving the entire full truth. Yeah, super yeah. common to get one or both partners sharing, you know, their hurt and frustration about a lie of omission yes. or information that was not shared that they yeah. felt deserved to be shared. Um, and that's still an important dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we want to talk about in depth today. And then we'll talk about like you said, the straight up deceptive lie lie. I'm telling you something completely not true Mm -hmm. um, on part two of liar, liar, pants on fire. Mm -hmm. I love it. So, uh, what do you want to start off with this, with this, this this omission piece, this, that maybe um, one partner not giving all of the details about something, a full account, um, only answering directly what was answered or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, give us a starting off point about that dynamic in a relationship. 
Uh, yeah, I'll start, I think, with the definitions would probably be the best way to start. So, Absolutely. like, dictionary definition and phrase-wise, mm-hmm. um, lying is defined as marked by or containing untrue statements, like being dishonest or untruthful, mm-hmm. um, similar to deceit, which would be trying to actively deceive somebody by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. Mm-hmm. And then that is different from withholding information because lying is saying something that you know to be false, but withholding information is leaving out something regardless Uh of whatever you're being asked. So the person asks about, well, where were you Friday night? Like, were you with her Friday night? And you're like, no. And that's genuinely true because you were with her Saturday night. Uh I didn't lie. You just didn't (laughs) ask Saturday night. So that's like the difference here. And the the person asking is like, well, why wouldn't you have told me that? And it's like, because it would have blown up my spot. Why would I tell you that? You didn't ask. I was truthful with whatever you asked me. And this is that um, the nitty gritty details that couples will often, um, whether they know it or not, will often get in fights about because it's a desire for, I need you to tell me. It's like that scene from the movie. Like, I want you to tell me the whole truth, the full truth and nothing but the truth. And the person's like, you can't handle the truth. That is truly how it is sometimes in relationships that there are times where the people cannot handle the truth. They don't actually want the answers to the question they're asking. And I caution couples when they're asking um, too, too many questions in a certain direction, be careful because you can't unhear some things. You can't unlearn information. And if your gut is so strong, does it really make a difference if they give you data? Like does knowing this actually is knowing this actually going to make a difference in the decisions that you make, or is this just going to be information you use to hurt your own feelings and you're going to stay with this person and not make anything different. So I think there's a definitely something of benefit to just to separate and really make distinct is your partner lying to you. Are they actively concealing the truth and also giving you false information or because maybe you don't handle it well when they've said the truth they are not telling you the full truth because they don't want to get yelled at. They don't want to get punished. They don't They don't want the outcome of how you're going to experience them telling the truth. So they just keep you on a need-to-know basis. And there is also something um, a bit primal to this as well, like instinctual. The differences between men and women, we want to share a lot of details because that's what keeps us alive and safe and um, demonstrates that we are showing interest or that somebody shows interest in us if they ask a lot of questions because we're like okay great I'm gonna survive men have more of like the don't ask don't tell policy it's like as little information as possible privacy is valued above pretty much all else I'm not going to give you unnecessary information whereas women usually are like no that's all necessary like I need to know every single part of your inner workings and guys are like Uh, irrelevant like (laughs) objection counselor next question like i don't need to to answer this so being clear on what is the content that if you are accusing your partner of lying or they're accusing you of lying is it actually false or is it you not having shared the full entirety of all the information that a partner could use to make a different decision is usually how i frame it for my couple so it's like no you didn't lie i agree However, the withholding of that key data point that wasn't asked about, your partner just said it themselves, would have directly changed the trajectory of the relationship and you withheld their ability to make a fully informed decision. And that's what we're here about. It's not accusing you of being a liar. You robbed your partner of the opportunity to fully consent to whatever was going on in their relationship or move forward knowingly. So that's that's where the differences are. Yeah, and where I... 
tend to come in, in, in my work with couples is noticing that the partner who's accusing uh, someone of a lie right. isn't really getting a core message across or getting what they want because right. understandably when I hear, hey, you're a liar and I'm like, I didn't lie, I'm in immediate defense mode. I'm immediately yeah. like, what? And then suddenly the conversation becomes a bicker about, is it a lie or not? Are you and a liar or not? Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's not exactly what really matters in those moments. As you're saying, it's about, hey, can we talk about, are we being fully, con-? you're not saying it this way, but what I hear you say it how I take it is, are we fully connected? Are, are we giving f- information back and forth so that each of us can make, um, appropriate choices for ourselves and contribute fully to the relationship. Yeah. So it's important to look at that dynamic of if I'm going into, I'm going to use that, you know, buzzword, you're a liar. Um, how's that actually going to affect a response from the person um, who maybe didn't give all of the details. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's like kind of my first point of looking at that. And I think the important thing or a very common dynamic that's important to remember is the person who perceives the lie is going through an experience of I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it can be I'm hurt and I'm scared because if you lied to me, then is there a betrayal? Is there other things? There's doubts. I'm insecure about this relationship or what yeah. you've done. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Hurt and fear. Yeah. And then the partner who had the omission, you mentioned a few reasons why that could be happening. Yeah. Um, I think what's important is not assuming right. from hurt and from a hurt and fear space that the person who didn't share all the details was intentionally trying to be deceitful just to hurt, deceive, betray someone. That says a lot more about the person viewing the other person that mm-hmm. way than it does about the person exhibiting those behaviors. Like, how could you do this to me? And it's yeah. like, I wasn't thinking about you, shockingly enough, like making this about you. I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. Most commonly, I would say, I don't have data for this. This isn't based on research. This is from what I work with day to day in my experience is it's most often not an intentional deceit. It's like what you just said, someone going, oh, I didn't really think about that detail in this part. I didn't, that wasn't a consideration which I get that can be hurtful also, but that's a learning growth opportunity that well-intentioned people when they're not on the defensive will go, Oh, okay. I can hear that and try to grow, but that's very, that's a different intention of I'm wanting to to be deceitful versus I wasn't thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then another common one that I hear all the time, and not based on research, just on my experience that I support couples through is what you mentioned earlier that I want to highlight is, Oh, I did think about sharing all of it, but I'm actually, if I, I don't want to share because I know it's going to blow up in my face Yeah, and not necessarily because blow up in my face, I did something wrong. Right. It's not always that thought out. It's about, uh oh, I want to avoid conflict. I, I want to be able to be in a good place. I don't mm-hmm. want this to turn into something really, really painful for both of us. Yeah. And that's an important dynamic to go, okay, now there's a response, response back and forth that matters. Yeah. So and it's, that's a pretty verbose, but no, important I'm to not assume that it's deceit versus I didn't think about you versus 
um, I, I don't want to cause a huge conflict, so I'm mm-hmm. scared to share. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or in times past, I've shared truths with you and you've dismissed them. You've said that I'm wrong. Uh-huh. You've yelled at me for them, shamed me. Why You're uh-huh. not, I've always preached this, be a safe person to tell the truth to. Uh-huh. I might not like what the truth is, but uh-huh. I appreciate you telling me the truth. Uh-huh. That's the key piece. If I'm saying tell the truth, I can't then be like, that's bullshit. The person's like, but it's not like uh-huh. it's what you asked for just because you don't uh-huh. like it doesn't mean it's not true uh-huh. and the the experience of the partner thinking like well it's usually projective because the partner's like well i like i never don't think about you when i make decisions how could you not and it's like shocking to them to be like yeah your partner doesn't think about you 24 7 that's usually a female thing it occupies most of our thoughts it doesn't necessarily occupy most of men's thoughts i'm not saying that there aren't people out there who are different of course but on an average stereotypic level women are usually the ones that are more all consumed with the idea of a relationship than men. And then obviously attachment styles, trauma history, so much else plays into this to change an individual's view of this. But on the average, that is something that when we are working with our own mind on how much of our behaviors are filtered through, what would my partner think? Not to a, uh, negative level but to a genuine level of like i am not solo i'm in a relationship i'd like to weigh the impact of this and you can still make the decisions you're going to make but i am a big fan of making the decision consciously and even that would prevent the paradoxes if you thought about it consciously and you're like yeah my partner probably wouldn't like it if i cheated on them or lied to them or whatever else so i'm not going to do it because you're bypassing that discomfort of even thinking about it you just go right into action and then the aftermath it's very adolescent where you talk to teens and it's like what were you thinking well they weren't because their prefrontal cortex is not really as developed as an adult and they were feeling first and they did it because it felt good and then afterwards they're like oh that was probably kind of dumb to do (laughs) that's what adults go into as well we like regress back to that more adolescent mind state and something you you shared brought this up for me this this is years ago and I was at a bar and there was this really hot guy and I'm not shy. Uh, that should not be a shock for people by now. <laughs> I would go up and hit on guys. No problem. I'm confident. So I walked up. I, there was this girl talking to him and she walked away. I was waiting. I was being polite. Mm-hmm. Then I walked up and I was like, Hey, I'm Talia. Nice to meet you. And I forget what his name was. He's like, hi, I'm so-and-so nice to meet you. And I was like, how's your night going? You know, small talk. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, so is that your girlfriend earlier? And he's like, Nope, that's not my girlfriend. And I was like, great chatting some more and i was like so what do you do for work what's your work schedule small talk all over the span like maybe three or four minutes and i was like um cool sat like that works for me like would you want to go out next saturday or whatever and he's like oh no i have a girlfriend and i was like <laughs> i just asked you and he said no that's not my girlfriend but i do have one and i was like okay we could have just saved both of us but of course the flattery like maybe he wanted to be flirted with whatever like i look back on it he clearly got something from it otherwise right then he would have then he would have said no that's not my girlfriend but i have one but he let me go through that and it wasn't untrue that girl that walked away was not his girlfriend i should have asked do you have a girlfriend that was on me that i wasn't specific enough well and that that goes to that that idea of someone um, not thinking about the other person. And this is a little bit different. Um, and I'm not saying that he was not thinking about his girlfriend. It was, who I mean, knows what's going on in his mind? Yeah. Yeah. It was probably, just, who knows? Like, yeah, no, that's not her. You didn't ask if I had one though. Yeah. And, and he just 
you know, it could be as simple as yes, maybe he was enjoying the flirtation and wasn't going to let it go anywhere inappropriate, which is why when that came up, he did put a good boundary up. Yeah. Or it was, I'm just spitballing here, but maybe it's like, um, you know, it's not as common to be hit on by women when you're a dude. So he might've just been like, not even aware that pick up the cue that you were hitting on him. And then when you, and then he's like, Oh, this is a thing. Oops. You know, it's just like, Oh, I should have said that earlier. Yeah. The whole point about this, when you come back to like being in a relationship is when we hear that there's other details and information, we can feel hurt and scared based on how we assume the other person was thinking and then jump into expressing that hurt and fear oftentimes with shame or blame or some kind of confrontation before going wait 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 wait, let me understand what was going on for you oh you just in that moment you weren't thinking about our relationship you were focused on your project at hand you're like nope i'm just trying to get um this work thing taken care of so I reached out and did this thing. and I never mentioned it to my partner. I didn't think that was, you know, that's different parts of my brain. I'm able to compartmentalize that, but Oh man, my partner was kind of bummed not hearing that um, I was staying late at work and I didn't give them a heads up. Yes. Yeah. And it could be something completely innocuous like that. It doesn't have to be lying about like, who were you with? Where were you? It's not about those kinds of insecurities. It could be, you weren't where you said you were when you told Mm -hmm. me you were going to be, you told me you do the dishes and the dishes are still in the sink the next day. Were you lying when you said you would do them? Or were you just trying to tell me what I wanted to hear? Like, that's another piece of this too. What is driving the disclosure or lack thereof? Is it, I want to be viewed a certain way. I want to be upheld in a certain image with my partner. I don't want them to be disappointed in me. When, spoiler alert, if you tell somebody something and you blow smoke up their ass, essentially, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to totally do that, and then you don't, that ends up disappointing them more. You're only staving off the conflict short term. Eventually, it's going to come out. And I think parents and teens go through this also. Oh, yeah, I'll do the dishes. Oh, yeah, I took the trash out. Oh, yeah, I cleaned my lunchbox out. And then you look, and it's like, hmm, no, you didn't. Like, why would you say that? Oh, I meant to best of intentions. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes they're like, I just wanted you to shut up. (laughs) Like, I just wanted this nagging voice to stop. So I just said the thing that would make the voice stop. And it's like, ah, back to sports or back to whatever else I'm watching. So being mindful that the other person really needs to be like, um, even if it's not eye contact wise, because we've talked about that too, but like forward facing aware of the conversation and you need to be watching their facial reactions. So when they're like, well, I just didn't think to tell you, and that could be genuine, then you don't accuse them of being a liar. You'd be like, oh, yeah, hey, in the future, I'd love it if you could tell me those things. Mm-hmm. See if there's a behavioral change then. You, if you want more of what you're asking for, you can't immediately shame or be disappointed in the person because they didn't give it to you the first time because they might not have thought to. And this is that key of, well, I would have. Well, good for you. You're not dating yourself. Mm-hmm. So maybe next time, assume that your partner thinks differently than you because they do. And tell them exactly what you want. I want to know the information. Have you, were you with her Friday? No. Were you with her Saturday? No. Were you with her Sunday? Have you been with her any of the days of the last, like, you got to be very nitty gritty when it comes to this, almost like a detective. 
Well, I think I disagree with that a little bit. Because I, I think when you start getting into the detective, I do. I get your point of being direct. Like, that's important. Ask but when you start getting into directive, if, you're, if you get yourself into detective mode, I think there's a more important underlying thing of the trust isn't there. I need to, like, take responsibility for knowing all of the things all the for time. Sure. Yeah. Um, that feels like a behavior off when you've already, like, strongly reacted to omission you of information. <laughs> yeah. It's like you've already gone that and you haven't addressed the underlying cause. I think oh, yeah. the first That's time good. this happens, this is what we're going to how to address this kind of situation now is mm-hmm. pay attention to the underlying feelings, hurt, fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't make assumptions. Be curious. Mm-hmm. Get to that place. And then, yeah, ask about and teach and give a growth opportunity discussion mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I like what you said of, okay, so maybe that's not how you would have thought. Cool. You've learned that relationship skill, which mm-hmm. by the way, to your point, um, men and women, women culturally are often more socialized to have these types of relationship skills yep. and think about other people. And yep. men oftentimes are more culturally socialized to be single focused, track oriented, independent, solve the current present situation and not not be as collaborative yeah and so great you have a cool skill set instead of faulting your partner for not having that skill set maybe it gives an opportunity to learn it um so i think that's kind of key instead of like going into like detective mode after the fact no i Um, agree i think it's a good separation too because when i meant detective mode not like actually doing it but more adopting the mindset of like what is what is it that you're really after? Like, mm-hmm. how specific does this question have to be for you to get the answer that you're wanting, yeah. rather than passively or indirectly or hinting? Yeah. Oh, like, how was your weekend? Yeah. Oh, it was great. Well, you didn't tell me all these things. Like, you literally just asked how my weekend was. You didn't yeah. say, did I see so-and-so? And this has come up, actually, with one of my close friends, too, personally, where the girlfriend got really upset because the guy friend was honest about, or the boyfriend of that person was honest about like watching sports or whatever it was, but forgot to mention they moved from like one friend's house to the next. Nothing happened. Literally just moved from like one apartment to the other. And the girl late, like later on this came out. It was like, Oh, how was so-and-so's house this weekend? And the guy answered like, Oh, it was really good. And the girl was like, you lied to me. And he's like, wait, I'm sorry. What just happened? You said you were at this person's house and then you were at this person's house. And he's like, it was next door. Like, Mm-hmm. I do not see the big issue with this. And she just like couldn't get past it. Mm-hmm. So it's that felt sense of individually. Like, what else is this person lying about? What else is yeah. that is a very defensive, internally defensive mode to go into. Like I need to protect myself from potential harm rather than going in the grand scheme of things. If nothing bad happened, is this really like dishonesty that I'm going to want to end a relationship over? Yeah. Probably not <laughs> like that to me. I'd be like, okay, that's just omitting a detail. There wasn't anything sketchy about it. I probably wouldn't think to be like, oh, I told you I went to Target then Stater Brothers, but later on I'm like, I lied to you. I actually went to Stater Brothers first, and then I went to Target. Like, who cares? And then I went to Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> I ate in the car and I cried, and I told you I did it. Like, that's much different. Yeah. If your partner was like, did you have Chipotle today? And you're like, no. Different. That's a lie. That's different. Versus, that's next episode. Did you get any food today? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Why don't you tell me you went to Chipotle? You just asked me if I got food. I didn't think to say where. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, um, that example of the reaction mm-hmm. that we can have, I think is important to go back to an earlier point to dive into of yes. creating safety to share. Because yes. in these early moments, 
in relationship if it's if you hear a detail that wasn't shared with you and then your initial response is really flooded, hurt, scared, but comes out shame, right. blame. You're just training your partner to not share more in the future. Exactly. And so that's, so first of all, just to dive into that a little bit, I can't tell you how many men I work with. I don't think it's exclusive to men, but it's, it's a common yeah. thing with men because of, you know, the cultural pressures we put. How many men I work with who talk to me about, I want to turn to my partner and share some of these things, but I'm really worried about how she's going to react. I know that she's asked me to share things. And when I do, it always goes bad. I'm in a lose-lose. Either I don't share something, which I know she doesn't like, but I want to be a great partner and share. But when I do share things, it's not okay. And I'm even, I'm not even talking about like sharing bad things. It's like going to one house versus the other when you're, when you're at the game. Um, and all of a sudden that being a, a deception point. Yeah. So I just want to say that because I want to have a narrative that I, I want to share the narrative that I experience in my session with relationships that a lot of people really do want to be sharing these things when they've heard the feedback from their partners. Yes. And they feel stuck not really being able to because the response is so difficult. Yes. And that's what I want to highlight and talk about, yeah, creating safety, like you said, about making sure that if you want your partner to be able to share the details that are important to you and offer more information, making sure that we are creating safety for our partners to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and having a positive and not necessarily like you're like, oh my gosh, I love that you cheated on me or whatever the information is, but having a neutral to positive reaction in terms of, okay, I appreciate you telling me the truth. Uh-huh. I may not like hearing it and I'm going to have strong reactions to it. However, I asked for the truth or you are sharing the truth uh, unsolicited, unprompted. And I appreciate that so that I can actually make a decision. And I, w- I have worked with couples as well where had the information that was disclosed been a lie or had to be like dragged out of the partner it's not necessarily about the information it's all of the dance that i had to do to get it out of you Uh that behaviorally makes me not want to be with you Uh it's i actually probably wouldn't have left you if you've just been honest about whatever it was cheating finances things that every couple might have a different view on which i respect Uh it's the deceit it's the intentionally withholding information and separate or separately actually lying about it that I have the problem with. It's not what you lied about. It's that you lied or it's not what you withheld the in or yeah, it's not the what that you withheld the information about. It's that you withheld it. And this is a pattern in our relationship. (laughs) If this is the only time you've ever withheld it, I have a much more easy time being curious and going, what was it about? Was it the content of this that you were really nervous about? Had you not processed it? You're, we usually are very open and we share a lot of information. This seems so different. What's going on is much easier when that's the exception to the rule. Yeah. When the rule is I never tell them the truth or I rarely tell them the truth and they always have to find out after the fact. And it's like very childish to be like, oh, I got caught again. Why are either of you staying in this pattern when you feel like it's a parent-child dynamic that you're like, I knew you didn't brush your teeth. You just yeah. ran your toothbrush under the faucet. Yeah. And I think that's a different toxic dynamic mm-hmm. than what I'm thinking about for this episode. I think it's good to acknowledge and yeah. say that's yeah. a thing. 
I am thinking about that first dynamic you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's the first time it's happened, or yeah. there is this pattern of, hey, a lot of the, you know, normally like we're good on the chats, but yeah. this is, isn't, it's not, how come this detail I had to figure out my own kind of thing? Yeah, what is it about this detail? Yeah, and that's where going back to the detective place in a good way that you clarified of being yes. curious. Yes. And I think a good way to look at that is, oh, what is my partner concerned about or what distresses them there? Mm -hmm. You know, as therapists, I go straight into what's the fear. I just like get to the point. But I get that a lot of people in these moments may not even be aware. Like if you like turn to your partner and say, well, what are you scared of telling me? They might be like either A, that's so scary, I can't tell you. Or B, be like, well, it's not fear. I'm not like scared. It doesn't yeah. feel like that way. But there's a concern, there's a distress, there's, there could be this thing, again, safety isn't there, either because the relationship hasn't been developed safely, or the partner doesn't have that skill set, isn't used to diving into some of these types of sharing. So it's just kind of like, I've never done that before. I don't know. I don't really disclose that stuff. That's just a good reminder to, again, mm -hmm. be curious in the detective role for mm -hmm what what your partner is concerned about mm -hmm. or again a little bit uncomfortable scared um distress is my always big blanket term that i like what what's distressing mm -hmm. them about sharing the the these things and not everybody i will share is going to have the level of insight you are desiring so mm -hmm. if you've been in therapy for a while even if you've been in couples therapy for a while with or without individual the day that the disclosure happens or the day the information is found out or discovered may not be the day that eventually things get shaken out. And what I mean by that is, let's say I had this secret or something that I was not sharing for quite some time because I was afraid of being shamed or judged or very valid things that have come up, or I just didn't think to share it. Cause I'm like, that was like 15 years ago. Who cares? Like uh -huh. that's you're And if you're going to base a decision to be with me off of something 15 years ago, goodbye. Like, I don't even want to be with somebody who would do that. I don't care what the information is that when your partner uh, learns this, that doesn't mean that they are going to be as okay with it as you are, because you have lived with the information for however long you've lived with it. They are literally it's seconds old in their brain. So you have to be very mindful to give your partner time and space to process whatever they have discovered or has been disclosed to them, because that is allowing them to have their own reaction and then genuinely pick how to move forward from there rather than feeling coerced or feeling like they have to stay with you or something like that. Yeah. I love that idea of giving um, partners processing time, especially with this issue, because if a lot of what's going on is the partner's not sharing all details or important detail or something yeah. like that, because they're worried of the response. It doesn't feel safe when they're confronted with it. They're going to get into stress mode. So it's mm -hmm. going to be, uh Oh, heart pumping, cortisol's going, they're going to be uncomfortable, worried mm -hmm. about how are we in the relationship? What's wrong? What's going on? And the point is they're going to have that experience. It's going to be the worst time to try to collaborate on healing or problem solving giving that partner that feedback initially saying hey here's the deal this was hard for me mm -hmm. lets them have that stress experience hear that first thing that stressed them out and then they process it come back to go oh okay grounded oh look yeah. my partner was actually pretty inviting and, and curious with me um it's on the table now i got to address it okay let me try to 
take some of that feedback I heard and now I can come to a collaborative discussion. Now I can come to a grounded discussion. If you try to like ram in your perspective while your partner is in distress, you're just going to clash. You're much more likely, I should say, you're not guaranteed, but you're much more likely to get into a clash. No one's listening. No one's understanding one another. No one's healing anything. Everyone's just getting hurt, 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 hurt. Yeah. And it becomes a contest almost or a competition of who's more hurt, who's more right, who's more, that's not going to get you closer in a relationship. I think being understanding and appreciative of the truth when we are given it and not shaming our partner out of future times of them giving it to us, you might not like it. And if you don't think you'll like it and you don't really know that you're going to change any behaviors or make different decisions with it, don't ask for it like that. I'm not saying that you have to gaslight yourself because that's impossible um, by definition. But if you would like to live in some sense of delusion and part of your brain knows that this truth is this and part of your brain's like, yeah, but that would be so icky to find out because it would totally pierce the veil of how amazing that they are for us. So we're just never going to do you. Everybody has that choice. You don't have to go asking for the truth, but there are going to be times where you stumble upon it or it's given to you and you're just like, huh? Well, I don't like that. It's like, I just thought of like ordering at a restaurant. Uh-huh. You and I both love carnitas burritos uh-huh. and that one place. Um, and they were, if they were out of carnitas one day, that'd be, first of all, it'd be a lie if we called them and we're like, Hey, we're going to order these. Like, yeah, totally. We'll have them ready for in 30 minutes. And then we get there like, actually we were out of carnitas. So we just lied to you, but here's chicken instead disappointment i don't want a disappointment burrito whereas if they were honest i might not like that but i'm not going to be like are you sure you don't have carnitas that's not going to change that they don't have it that's an uncomfortable truth it's disappointing but it is what it is and i'd rather know it than drive all the way there thinking i'm going to get one thing and then really getting another or getting disappointed well that's where responses to uncomfortable truths are are the long-term um factors relationship like how do you respond to your partner when you get the uncomfortable truth? It doesn't mean you hide your disappointment, but you do it in a way that is still supportive. Um, and can both partners get to a place of tolerating uncomfortable truths? Cause we have to tolerate yeah. for ourselves and when our partner shares with us. Yes. And um, I also think that when there is this um, experience that we go, Oh, my partner didn't really share everything yeah. I was kind of intentionally trying to ask about. I think it's also really good to remember that a lot of the time it's very true when the, the omitting partner says, well, I didn't want to share cause I, I didn't want to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to, I mean, I get like, there's a thing like if you go to the extreme, like say infidelity, that's one context, but even just like sharing the, Oh, I stopped off. I went to Chipotle and from the earlier example, and I just, I didn't want to tell you because you, you know, I thought you might be kind of hurt that I didn't get you something at Chipotle. Um, I get that that tends to be a good marker of, well, if you thought it was going to hurt me, then maybe not the thing, but I, and we tend to focus on, wait, so you knew it wasn't great. And then we kind of like get into shame blame mode. I think it's also really important and much more healing and collaborative to go, oh, so there was a, there was some kind of care there. Something inside of you. Yeah, one part thought this would hurt you, maybe mm-hmm. not the great greatest decision, but another mm-hmm. part of you didn't want to cause me that pain. Yeah. Don't really love how you went about choosing how not to cause me pain, but True. I really but if we focus on the 
there's still like a foundational care there. That's mm-hmm. a place to focus and grow on. That's mm-hmm. what actually can get to a healing space and get mm-hmm. to a, okay, thank you. Maybe that trying to filter and edit what you shared with me was from a great intention. And I'm here to let you know that actually that doesn't fully work for me. I love that you're caring for me. Here's what might be how I feel really cared for. I feel really cared for by you. Just if you don't know what I want from Chipotle, just get something for me. Just do it. Yes. If you're scared about what it is or wrong, whatever, you can't do it. So you just don't. Okay. And don't tell me fine. So having that can be really, really useful. Remembering that there is a core of care that can come from a lot of these scenarios of not wanting to hurt someone and focusing on that as a positive way to build on great um, healing and collaboration. Yes. And when I, I often um, think back to some sessions I've had with people where they're like, well, I thanks for thinking of me in the aftermath of telling me the thing that you did that's going to hurt me next time I'd like you to think about the fact that it would hurt me before you do it like if we're going to have the steps of appreciation and care like can we circumvent the need for this thing to have happened and it really does depend on the couple their individual strengths and their foundation and their willingness which we've talked about on other episodes before we have an entire episode on willingness what is the willingness to actually move forward is this a fluke thing do they show genuine remorse were they honest and do they have any insight any at all as to why they did whatever they did well i didn't want you to get disappointed or that one time we went to chipotle you had food poisoning from the chicken and all they had was chicken so i didn't think to you'd be surprised what your partner might be able to fill in for you in the back like the back of their mind as to why they do or don't do some of the things that you would or wouldn't do they're yeah. a different person so treat them as such and kind of going down that road let you know um that makes me think about this really opens up a great discussion to understand each other deeply including our values of understanding like, oh that's what they were thinking and why that meant care for them that's why not sharing meant care because for them the value is like no like we edit everything we say no matter what um it's re- um if anything I think it'd be just as problematic to have a completely open mind. Um, I think like uh, a good example is people have very different values of how much do they share with their current partner, their past sexual experiences, like how much there's always an interesting discussion there for some people, you know, the spectrum is you don't even acknowledge that you've had any sexual experience or never touched or thought about sex before your current partner (laughs) versus you sit down for like three hours one night and you describe every sex you've ever had with anyone. (laughs) I don't recommend either approach, but the point is in that spectrum, there's people have landed with different values or perspectives of what to share. So what you're saying about get getting into that place of like, being into their mindset of what they were thinking when they chose not to share some information go oh that's where the care came from and then you can also share well i kind of think differently about that here's mm-hmm. how it is for me and then when you two share those differences then you can then have a great again collaborative discussion of cool so for us moving forward what feels good for us how do we want to do this do we want to talk about chipotle or is it you know what i didn't think about it but yeah don't tell me when you go get chipotle I'm happy to be in bliss because actually that's not threatening to me. And now that I know where you're coming from, I can remember 
every time I learned you got Chipotle without me, you love me. Great. New, new idea, new thought I had never had before. Please go get Chipotle tomorrow and don't tell me because I know you love me now. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you can really have a cool newer set of understandings in that space versus er, 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 blame, blame, blame. No, thank you. Yeah. Get to the core of it and you can make whatever decision you want. And th that's probably more about what, more what we'll talk about in part two. Uh -huh. When it's the, again, the withholding yeah. of information versus actual lying, that'll be the second part, the actual lying. If it's the withholding, be curious as to why they withheld it. And mm -hmm. if it is a pattern, you get to decide. Is that a pattern you want to participate in? And is it only about one specific thing? Or does it seem to be about like everything in the relationship that it feels like you're pulling teeth to get data and information? Ask yourself if you are being a safe person to tell the truth to. And if your side of the street is clean and the other person is still not giving you any details, even when asked, then that would be a decision to make on your own time about the future of the relationship. Yes. Love that. Um, yeah. I think it's a great summary. I have nothing else to add on summary. Hope that's super useful for everyone. And uh, yeah, I look forward to doing part two of Liar Liar Pants on Fire um, to check this other dynamic out. So if you liked this episode, make sure you check out the yes. more direct version line part two next time. Yes. And if you like the show, please <laughs> like, rate, and subscribe. We really appreciate it. And if you like a certain episode or you think somebody could benefit from it, um, it costs you nothing to share it with another person. So we would really appreciate that to get this show more well-known. Yeah. If you have questions for us or you want us to answer a specific relationship question on the podcast, shoot us an email, Ryan and Talia at thecouplesguidepodcast.com. You can also tune into my Q&As on Instagram at Talia Bombola. I try to do about one a week. And any of the questions that are asked that we think are like podcast length worthy, we'll pick those and we'll talk about them on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Take good care.